DMLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the store. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Friday, April the 21st, and we are here to have a little turbo episode. And we're going to look at some of the big games on Saturday, April the 22nd. And we've got some other bits and bobs to talk about as well. We've got a few trends and um, things like that to have a look at as well. Uh, joining me uh, this evening from Houston, Texas, is Mr. Munaf Manji, the machine. How are you doing? Malcolm, we, we look calm. Well, we look calm. I think we just need to take a deep breath. And I know we were just coming off, or you, we were both watching the EPL match there between Arsenal <laughs> and Southampton. I think we we're all really excited. Uh, but that was a great match. Good to be here with you. I know, like you mentioned, we'll talk about um, there's some great pitching matchups tomorrow on Saturday. A lot of really aces is. are on the mound. Like you mentioned, we'll get in some trends as well. Uh, we'll keep it a little casual than we usually do um, on the weekdays. But, yeah, glad to be here with you. Uh, hopefully we uh, find some more winners and put some more money in the pockets of our listeners. But maybe I think the topic, at least for the first five minutes here, is going to be the match that we were both yeah, just exactly. watching now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's an old man special, old man rocking chair special tonight, Moon. If we don't have to deal with the young people, uh, we can talk about when when this was all fields, etc. Yeah, anything but calm. That football, Arsenal 3, Southampton 3. Um, what a great game, though. And um, I lost my bet after 28 seconds, Moon, off, which was, I mean, a pretty bad, but that was pretty spectacular. I think it was Mahatma Gandhi who once said, never bet on the first game of the weekend. And um, you'd say exactly right, because this is the sort of shit that's happened. So uh, my bet was Arsenal to win the nil. Uh, 28 seconds in, Southampton scored. So that was the end of that. Uh, so yeah, first bet of the weekend done. Nice to get that one out of the way. Yeah, but what a wild game. Southampton out of, Southampton was 16 to 1. If you don't follow the football, I won't bore you with it for too long. Um, Southampton was 16 to 1 to win tonight. Bottom of the table. Arsenal were minus 500. Um and with four minutes left, Southampton were 3-1 up, remarkably. Um, and then Arsenal scored, and then Arsenal scored again. And then there was eight minutes of additional time. Arsenal hit the bar, and the ball was bouncing around the uh, goal mouth like a pinball machine for the last four minutes, but would not go in. So it looks like Arsenal have blown their title hopes. Um, the point really hasn't done anything for Southampton. But it was just a great game. The, the Discord channel, if you do like your your soccer, your football, um, get in the SGPN Soccer Discord channel because there's loads of good stuff in there. The boys were sweating out um, German matches, Dutch matches, as well as the Premier League stuff tonight. Um, so lots of uh, lots of good information always in the soccer channel. The other big news, Moonaf, is the uh, Newcastle Nighthawks draft. I know everyone's on tenterhooks to see what's going on. The draft started at 7.30 mm-hmm. and it's now 10 past 10. And mm-hmm. I still haven't been drafted, I don't believe, Moonaf. I still haven't received a phone call. I'm still sitting with all my family around, you know. Uh, the, the buffet's out. The, the atmosphere's died a little bit. I'm like uh, I'm like one of those sad college kids that you see um, who slipped out of the second day of the draft. So um, hopefully there might be some news before the end of the show, but I'll keep my chin up, Moonaf. So what pick um, are we at right now? 
I'm not sure is the answer okay. because I haven't, it's not being, I was hoping for some live updates in the WhatsApp group, but, um, but yeah, nothing. Don't try and shame me by asking what pick we're on. They might no, be I'm very slow. They might still be in the first round, Muna. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It might be taking longer for some of these yeah. All right, you managers to... to figure out, you know, who, who they want. Do they want the number one overall prospect or do they want Mal? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, the, what a lot of the managers were considering was I'll often bring a cheese board to the game. Oh, there you um, go. That's pretty important, isn't it? And the it flowers. I'm, I'm, yeah, remember remember the groundskeeper Willie chat from last year. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll put the flower pots out and I'll often bring a cheese board. So that's important in the dugout. Do you know what I mean? If you want a nice yeah. little bit of brie or gorgonzola in between innings, um, you're only going to get that if I'm on your roster. So um, that's being discussed. Um the YouTube chat, uh, Barry Penaluna is in. Uh, talking football, that's a £1 fine. Captain Zeno's uh, here as well. Uh, and our guest from Oz. Um, we do enjoy these uh, regular chats uh, with Michael from Australia, so welcome there. Um, a few bits of news and notes from last night, Moonaf. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in fact, first I saw it tonight, in fact, uh, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Drew Smiley took a perfect game into the eighth inning. Against the Dodgers. Did you see him? Is it just finished? It was it was 13-0 when I checked about 10 minutes ago um, in the eighth or the top of the ninth or something. But um, what I was going to ask you, Moonaf, was are the Chicago Cubs back? Uh, I think so. But uh, I was going to ask you, did you see how he lost the uh, no? Oh, uh, no, I didn't know. I've been watching the football. Obviously. Oh, God, it was so bad. So it was a – I think it was a uh, – I forgot if it was a left-handed batter, but he had one of those slow dribblers kind of like towards third base where it was possible for Drew Smiley to kind of run up there and and get the get the baseball and throw it over to first base. Um, but what ended up happening, both the catcher and Drew Smiley went after it. Drew Smiley picks it up. The, pit, the catcher somehow lands on his back and just absolutely pummels him and he falls to the ground. He's not able to make the throw over to first base. Oh no. Uh, and he, that's how he loses the no, no, but yeah, the Cubs, they get the 13 to nothing victory. Um, I think we were all higher. I think we all bet the Cubs team total, uh, sorry, regular season win total to go over Mal. Um, yeah. and they did make some key, great moves Maybe in the, much. um, in the off season, right? They brought in Dansby Swanson, their big prize free agent. Uh, they added some uh, veterans to the locker room, guys like Cody Bellinger and, and Trey Mancini. Um, and they had a, you know, Seiya Suzuki from uh, last season, their rookie Ian Happ is still there. Uh, Nico Horner. So they have a nice group of guys, David Ross. I think he's a, a more than capable manager, but it's really been the pitching as well. Mal, uh, Justin Steele, our guy, he's looked really good. Uh, Marcus Stroman has been really good. And Drew Smiley in back-to-back starts against the Dodgers has pitched really well. So it's going to be a race, at least uh, in that NL Central division. So, um, yeah, I think the Cubs are for real. There's no doubt about that. I quite enjoyed watching Belly get back. He went deep again tonight, went back-to-back with Mancini. Uh, my pick was the Cubs under Moonaf. I've just checked back in. <laughs> a solid start. Just checked back through the notes. But, you know. Um, you were a year uh, too early on them because you took them to I was a year the... too early, mate. This has happened for 47 years. I'm ahead of my time. This is absolutely, this is not new. Like, I am absolutely ahead of my time. Like, uh, like all the greats. Uh, Mookie Betts uh, came in at shortstop last night for the Dodgers and um, 
had a quiet start, but then made one really nice looking play and he looked like he quite enjoyed it. So interesting to see how he pans out. And then the sad thing for the Angels and the Angels fans and for Noah and myself, uh, our TGFBI team, was Logan O'Hoppy went down. Um, for the second time in a week, he um, at bat just pulled the ball down the left field line, felt his shoulder on Monday in Boston, got up, ran it off, same thing last night, and then instantly you kind of knew he looked toast last night. Um, he was crying. Um, so I don't know. People reckon, I've read a few sort of uh, physio or sort of uh, doctor's um, reports who've said that it looks like what Fernando Tatis had last year, who actually Fernando Tatis did his four times before he eventually went for shoulder surgery. Uh, so not only killing my fantasy team, but that's a problem for the Angels because... They need some length in that lineup. The Angels do need a lot of things to go right. And they were doing okay. I mentioned a couple of nights ago they were making a lot of good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Matt Thace, Thace will take Thanks. over and Chad Wallach will probably get called up. But yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Because I think he was the second best uh, productive catcher mm-hmm. behind uh, Adley, Rutschman. Um, oh, he was sitting in second place behind him and doing doing great things for that LA offense. So, yeah, disappointing there. Uh, hopefully, I haven't seen any news in the last uh, 10 or 12 hours, so maybe things will uh, things will come out. It might not be as bad as we hope, but it didn't look good from my point of view. Uh, what we've got tonight is, um, as Mina says, there's some really good pitching matchups. Um, so we've taken four of them. We often do a little bit of a truncated show on the weekend. It's easier to consume when everybody is busy. So we've, we've looked at four of the pitching matchups. I've made one other pick, and then we've got a couple of just we, we decided to have a little deep dive on some trends that we like the look of. Mm. Um, so we'll talk about that later on as well. I will tell you first about underdog fantasy. Um, the NBA and NHL playoffs are here. What better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over underdog fantasy besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games? They've already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, Okay, so we go chronologically tomorrow. The first big matchup, Moonaf, is 105 Eastern. Um, It is the Toronto Blue Jays at the New York Yankees. Alec Manoa goes for Toronto and Garrett Cole goes for the pinstripes plus 115 on the Blue Jays minus 143 with Cole and the Yankees total is set at seven and a half Moonaf what have you got yeah Alec Manoa gets a start like you mentioned there Mal for the Blue Jays he's off to a very rough start so far this season where he is one in one with a 6.98 ERA, 16 strikeouts to 15 walks for Manoa so far. He's been hit hard in three of his four starts so far this season. He's allowed at least three earned runs in the, those three starts and has only made it to the, uh, sorry, made it to the fifth inning in just one of the four starts. And that was against KC. So uh, Manoa, he's actually been historically pretty good against the Yankees. Uh, he is two and one with a 2.31 ERA and six appearances. Um, in particular, in New York, in Yankee Stadium, in his career, he is two and zero with a 1.52 ERA. And all four games have gone under the total in New York. Uh, Garrett Cole off to a. I think if the season ended today, he would probably win the Cy Young. Now four and zero with a 0.95 ERA, 32 strikeouts to eight walks so far. 
He's allowed a total of three earned runs in 28 and one-thirds innings pitched. Yankees have all won, have won all four of his starts by two or more runs this season. Uh, Cole versus Toronto in New York uh, since 2000. Not the greatest numbers. He's one and two with a 3.90 ERA. He's allowed at least three earned runs in three straight starts at home against the Jays. Uh, and the Yankees are just one and four in their last five uh Yankees are one and four in their last five starts against Toronto at home uh, since 2020 in those Garrett Cole starts. So I think number one, we're all kind of waiting for that implosion from uh, Garrett Cole because he randomly yeah. has those <laughs> throughout the season. I think this one might, this game might be it. Um, I, I, I think there's some value here on uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. I know Manoa, like I mentioned, hasn't been very good. Um, but I'm going to take a shot here with the Blue Jays here, Mal. Plus 125. I, I like the historical numbers for Manoa against the Yankees, especially in Yankee Stadium. And I think this might be the game, Mal, where we see the implosion from Garrett Cole, especially in that first inning. So Blue Jays plus 125 for me in this game. Yeah, trying to pick the spot where Garrett Cole is going to blow up is like one of the fun things about um, betting MLB. I tried really hard to, in this game to look to try and find a pattern, or but it, it was tricky. Um, there's a bit of a grudge angle here as well. If you remember um, last year, Alec Manoa hit Aaron Judge, uh, buzzed him up inside, um, yeah. caught him somewhere up in the shoulder. And Gary Cole was out of the dugout. Um, he wasn't pitching. Gary Cole wasn't in the game, but he came over the dugout fence and they had a bit of a jaw at each other. So I think there'll be a little bit of needle in here. Yeah. Um, I thought the same as you, Moon. If I thought, they, oh, this might be... Look at it, the, when you see that 4-0 and on all the numbers for, for Gary Cole, and you think, it's coming, here it comes. Um, and... Obviously, you don't trust Manoa, and you've got two fairly potent offences as well. I thought the over seven and a half was the safest, just because of the amount of options it gives you. It gives you the Manoa blow up, it gives you the Cole blow up, it gives you two average starts. Seven and a half's a reasonable bet. Um, so I fancied the over um, on that one. Let's take a look at Garrett Cole quickly about that. He hasn't, I mean, faced the toughest offenses so far this season. He's had the Twins, the Guardians, the Phillies, who are in shambles so far to start the season, and the Giants in his first start as well, right? When you have a team from the West Coast going to the East Coast to start their season, I think that's always a trouble spot. So I think the Blue Jays are probably the best offense that he's going to face uh, thus far this season. So we'll see how he does. But, uh, yeah, I can I can see where he does. Uh, or both these pitchers do give up a couple runs, and then the bullpens come in and they give up a couple other runs. And pretty soon it does get over this number of seven and a half. The second um, good-looking matchup we picked out is a 4-0-5 Eastern first pitch between the Chicago White Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. Dylan Cease goes for the White Sox and Shane McClanahan, the lefty, for the Tampa Bay Rays. The White Sox are plus 145. The Rays minus 175. Total is again set at 7.5. Um, Dylan Cease is 2-0 on the season with a 2-0-1 ERA. Um, through 22 and one-thirds pitch so far. Shane McClanahan has a 4-0 and zero record, a 157 ERA in the 23 innings. He's pitched so far. Um, now, obviously, I've got this, the White Sox in auto-feed, and I've uh, it's been working out. But obviously, I didn't want to um, flippantly um, just throw, throw them out tonight. So I did give it a bit more... Uh, a bit more investigation before I threw them out. Um, Cease has had four good starts. Um, 
different situations to its own two away. He's faced decent opposition. He's only given up one home run. Little red flag last time was five walks against Baltimore. That was kind of old Dylan Cease. Um, and the, the, the ghost of uh, old Dylan Cease was, was haunting that game last week. But I think um, it was a concern. So we just have to maintain a watching brief there. And his strikeouts were dropping too. Started with 10 and he's gone from 10 to 8 to 6 to 5. Um, McClanahan has been absolute fire, complete and utter uh, control of everything he's done so far. Um, he hasn't given up a home run at all so, uh, this season. The I had a look at the, the White Sox fighting stats because I have been out on them and they're actually not terrible. They're kind of in the middle of the pack in all the categories. However, I don't know if middle of the pack is going to be good enough tomorrow against McClanahan. Uh, the Rays regrouped to win two in a row after they suffered a couple of losses um, during the week. They are 10-0 at home, um, which is a big old signal. So, yeah, I, had, I did have the White Sox in auto fade. I am going to fade them again, um, but this is more to do with McClanahan and the Tampa Bay Rays. So, the money line's short. It's minus 175. Don't feel great about giving that out. Um, but, the, but the run line at plus 120, uh, I think, is also alive. You just can't get away from McClanahan and the Rays at home, Muna. Yeah, I mean, Dylan C's last season against the Rays was actually really good. Uh, 1-0 and with a .87 ERA, 13 strikeouts. But he also did have nine walks in those two games. In one game, he had seven walks against the Rays last season in Tampa Bay. So I think walks have also been a concern early on this season as well for Dylan C. So you can't – he's not going to be – or he's not going to have the luxury in this game, especially against a offense – like the Rays to walk batters because we've seen in at least three out of the four starts this season, he's allowed at least two walks and then two out of the four starts this season is allowed five walks. So I think that's going to be the opportunity for the Rays in this game to take advantage of. Um, I like the pick on the Rays here on the run line. Um, I also think that you probably want to look at a Dylan Cease walk prop in this game as well. Um and I think that may also want to look at a, a White Sox team total under. Uh, I think that McClanahan, like you mentioned, he's just off to a phenomenal start. Uh, last season had some success as well against this White Sox team. So um, this is going to be a great matchup to watch if you do watch uh, watch it. But again, like you mentioned, McClanahan off to a great start. So I agree about the run line here. I look at it, uh, also Dylan Cease over walks and then uh, White Sox team total under in this game. The next game uh, we are going to look at tonight is the 6-10 Eastern first pitch. The Miami Marlins at the Cleveland Guardians. Sandy Alcantara for Miami. And I nearly said Justin again. Shane Bieber will <laughs> go for Cleveland. The total is set at seven. Um, Miami are plus 115. Cleveland minus 138. So, Sandy Alcantara, a bit of a head scratcher. He's had two awful starts. Yeah. Um, in in his last two. After after two good starts, he's thrown in two shockers. Um, he came at the season in good form as well after a decent WBC. I mean, he can't be that bad again, I don't think, is my reading of it. And I don't think Cleveland are the type of team that are going to blow you up. Cleveland, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts when you face Cleveland. They just sort of nibble and nobble around the place. Uh, dink and dunk, if you want, the way around the bases. Um Bieber's been fine, if not stellar. I mean, he's been above average, but kind of what you expect. And he, he's 1-0 with a 288 ERA, very similar lines. Um, Cleveland have actually lost three of the four games that he started in. And I think that's very much an indication of what Cleveland give you. Um, 
they went he pitched well they lost 3-0 at Seattle um, he pitched well they lost 4-3 at Oakland and even the game that he's won was 3-2 against the Mets so if you bet Cleveland that's what you're getting involved with like you nick it by one or you lose it by a couple in a low scoring game last night show for Friday night's game I gave out Cleveland in the under um, I also outlined last night the reason why Miami had been really quite fortunate uh, so far, their expected win loss was way behind their actual record and their one run games. Uh, they're 5 0 in one run games. However, I think they could get lucky again. Um, I think this could follow the pattern of all these other games. I'm going to give Santi Alcantara the benefit of the doubt. Um, and that keeps Miami very much live for me. I think they're a half decent price here, plus 115. Um, I'll take Miami on the money line, Muna. Sandy, I mean, if you kind of go through his game log now for Sandy, it's really that he's getting into trouble outside of the Phillies game where he gave up five uh, a five spot in the third inning. He's really getting into trouble that third time through the lineup. Um, and whether that's a decision that the manager is leaving him out there for too long, I know it is Sandy. It's reigning NL Cy Young uh, winner. But I think that for Sandy, it's... It's really that third time through the lineup, like I mentioned. But he has pretty good numbers against American League teams uh, uh, since I think I like tracked this down since uh, 2020. Uh, let me pull those numbers up again. But um, yeah, so he's just one and two in in a record time. But he's he has 3.47 ERA, uh, which is respectable. Again, we always talk about American League teams prior to the DH. You know. Um, Having a universal DH always had the advantage of the uh, offensively, at least. But I think this might be a pitcher's duel here, Mal. Um, I yeah. trust Shane Bieber at home. I think that I'm, I really do like the first five inning under in this game. If you're able to find a four um, with a total of, what is it, seven and a half for the full game right now. So if you're able to find that, I, I do like that. I can't talk you off a, a three and a half either, but I would definitely shop around and try to find that four. Uh, I I doubt it's there with a total of seven, um, but first five innings under for me. I think we see a pitcher's duel. This this game, Mal, this is a pitcher's duel. It might turn into one of the fastest games um, that has been yeah. completed this season. Yeah, it really could. Uh, like I say, it, it, we talked the other night about how you first, you've got to handicap the game as you see it, but then land on the right bet. So we've both done the same thing there and come on different bets, you've gone to the phase five under because it's going to be a pitcher's duel. I think the fact it's a pitcher's duel and Miami are good in one-run games gives Miami a chance. So, you know, you've just yeah. got to, you've got to, you pay your money and take your choice. Um, the 720 Eastern first pitch tomorrow, the Houston Astros at the Atlanta Braves. Uh, left-handed pitcher Framba Valdez goes for Houston. Kyle Wright uh, goes for Atlanta. It is a match on the books, uh, minus 110 each of two. Total set at eight and a half. Munaf, Houston, Atlanta. Can you split them? I actually think I can. Valdez, one and two with a 1.80 ERA. He's been great so far for the Astros, uh, but the Astros have lost three of his four starts this season. And it's really because he hasn't got the run support mal in those games for one game. So I believe it was against the Pirates. Um, Valdez has faced the Braves twice. Uh, this was back in the 2021 uh, World Series where he got absolutely shelled by the Atlanta Braves in those two starts. Uh, both games in the World Series, he didn't make it to the third inning. He allowed 10 earned runs in four and two third innings pitched, allowed four home runs in that World Series. Now for Kyle Wright, the numbers 
are not great to start the season. 6.23 ERA, nine strikeouts, seven walks. Um, but I've, and again, the Braves have uh, won both starts by Kyle Wright so far this season, and it has gone over the total. Now, the one stat that um, I did find on gambling Twitter, um, Ralph, uh, Ralph Michaels of, of Wager Talk, he does a great job of putting these trends out. Uh, he's a great follow if you don't already. He put a, he put out a, a trend for tomorrow for Kyle Wright. So over the last 20 games, Mal, that Kyle Wright has started for the Braves, how many of those games do you think they've won? Last year he finished. He he won twenty one. He went twenty one and four or something stupid last time. So, um, how many games did you say? So the last twenty games that Wright has started for the Braves. How many of those do you think he's uh, the Braves have won? Nineteen. Spot on. Nineteen and one. Yeah. Uh, that they have they have won. So I think I know the 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 roster is different for the Braves. Um, when it comes to that World Series, those numbers I read off for for Valdez, it was Freeman, it was Adam Duvall. Those guys were hitting the bombs off of Valdez. But I dug a little deeper, Mal, that if I looked at how the Atlanta Braves are doing against left-handed pitching, they're top five in a lot of the statistical offensive categories. So I think that's what's really differentiating here for me. I don't hate the over in this game. Uh, I think you can look at a Braves team total. I'm going to go with the uh, Braves money line in this game, minus 110. Also, I can't talk you off the over in this game either. Okay. Um, well, well <laughs> my pick here was Houston moving off, but pretty much you've made a very, very, very watertight case here for Atlanta. TVDBJ in the chat uh, is tipping up the Braves as well. He's a good judge. Um, do you think Valdez has been good on the road? Wright's had a dodgy start. Houston are hitting well on the road as well. They're hitting 264 um, on the road. And I just thought they were live here. Um, obviously, some of the Kyle Wright. I mean, that's last season, Kyle Wright. Another day, Moon, I would let you talk me out of this, but I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, say the books can't split them. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take a split here. I'll take Houston on the money line at minus 110. Uh, okay, we're gonna have, we've got some... Uh, off the beaten track type stuff to have a look at um, momentarily. Um, I'll get to these ad views though. When my screen loads up, I'm going to tell you first about the SGP on Merch. So I have changed my jump at night after Dylan out with me. It's there been a scruffy swine. Um, so I've thrown that green one in the wash and put my lovely silver one on. Uh, the SGP and Merch store where you can buy this little beauty um, in honour of the NBA playoffs has a 10% off anything um, in April offer when you use the promo code SGPNBA. Head to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Use the promo code SGPNBA to get a 10% off everything. Um, mention what item you like in the merch store, Muna. You know, they put out that McLeach uh, tribute t-shirt. I think it was yeah. on Monday. You guys get, definitely got to check that out. It's a really nice t-shirt. Uh, and like Mal mentioned, use that promo code. You'll get a uh, 10% off uh, getting that Mike, uh, Mike Leach t-shirt, but a lot of other great stuff in there as well. So definitely get over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use that promo code. So last week on our um, table show, we had Blake on and talked some fantasy. This week, Moon off, we set each other the challenge of finding uh, some sort of splits, trends, weird and wonderful things to talk about Um so I've got something. You've got something. Do you want to lead off or do you want me to go? Uh, you can lead off. I think yours are more exciting to talk about. Oh, really? 
Okay, yeah. I'm very excited. To right, so <laughs> what I saw, I, I, a little kernel of information I saw on an ESPN article, which was that the veteran pitchers this season so far um, were more unsettled by the pitch clock, which kind of makes sense because they've never dealt with it before. There's going to be a gradient of who has dealt with it or even a gradient of... the younger players being able to to adapt uh, a little bit better. The the stat I saw was that players aged, pitchers aged 34 and below, uh, average ERA was 434. Um, pitchers aged 34 and above, um, it was 553. Wow. Which was a huge old split. Well, that's 1.19 yeah. uh, difference. So, obviously, I think that will regress a little bit. It's going to come back closer together. Since 2000, 17 times out of 23 years, the older guys have got the better collective ERA than the younger guys. The pitch club seems, seems to have switched it all. So I thought, right, how can we turn this little nugget into some winners? So I went and trawled through a lot of old guys and I found four, Moonaf, um, that we can fade. And actually, one of them is playing tomorrow. So that, this is another bet I'm happy to give out. Um, so the first one I'm going to give out is Kyle Gibson. Uh, Kyle Gibson, 36-year-old Kyle Gibson. 3-0 on the season, a 4.18 ERA. Um, he's pitched okay. However, um, he's got really lucky, Muna. Like I say, 4.18 ERA. His expected ERA is 5.41. Mm. Um, and then there's a, I looked at a lot of the underlying stats. So uh, an ex-Wober, um, an expected weighted on base average of uh, 3.58 which is way up from 326 in 2022 and 302 in 2021. Um, so when all these, these things level out, this spells trouble for Kyle Gibson. Um, Kyle Gibson is uh, takes on Detroit tomorrow um, and Detroit are plus 155 to get Kyle Gibson uh, beat. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Max Scherzer was pitching number two, um, 38-year-old Max Scherzer. Two and one on the season, 372 ERA has an expected ERA of 4.14. And the, the stats that were concerning here were that his walk rate was way up, his K percentage is way down. That tells me that he's possibly getting rushed. So those put-away pitches, um, whether it's going to be a walk or a strikeout, uh, are not really working. The exit velocity um, averaged 90.8 miles per hour off the bat, where last year was 87.8 the year before, 87.9. So we're up sort of three miles an hour and it's still cold. So when it warms up a little bit. Um, so yeah, small small subtle signs there, which suggests to me he's being hurried and were his sticky hands uh, mm -hmm. a cry for help, Munaf, mm -hmm. in that situation. Uh, Charlie Morton, 39 years old, uh, two and two. 322 ERA. Now, here's a great stat. Expected ERA of 611. Nearly wow. twice as large as the ERA is actually thrown out. His baseball savant page is just covered in little blue numbers, which is never great. His K rate's way down, 16.5% um, from a career average of 28.2. The expected batting average off him is 284. And the last year was 217, the year before 228. Uh, and his hard hit percentage is shot up um, by 10% to a career high. And it hasn't come back down either. So Charlie Morton, I think, is a huge concern. And the final oldie that I'm fading here is Lance Lynn, 36-year-old Lance Lynn, 
Now, he's already on people's radars because he started terribly. The first three pitches I've given out have actually got decent numbers. Um, so you might be in a better position to fade. Lance Lynn hasn't. Lance Lynn, um, his ERA is 759. Mm-hmm. His expected ERA is actually lower, 611. Uh, but it's still terrible. Um, his walk percent is way, way, way down. Uh, sorry, way up, in fact. In his expected slugging is completely through the roof as well. Uh, 504 expected slugging, uh, which has been 387 to 322 in the last couple of years. And the barrel percentage is way up as well. So Lance Lynn is very hittable. So the other four guys that, that, that I picked out, Moonaf, just as these oldies who might be getting unsettled by the presence of the pitch clock, uh, and certainly with, with Gibson, Scherzer and Morton, uh, they've got away with it so far, but they might not get away with it over the next few weeks. Uh, so it could be in a good position for us to fade. Yeah, see, uh, um, I wouldn't be curious to see where Rich Hill also lands on that list because he's one of the older statesmen in the league as yeah. well. But, you know, as you were talking, I was just kind of going through some of the game logs for some of those pitchers. And I think uh, I think they've all at least started four games. And I want to say at least three out of the four starts they've produced or final score has produced nine or more runs, which may be leading to more overs. Uh, right. So because like you mentioned, these guys are getting pitched. I think the one name that does surprise me is Max Scherzer, because during spring training, he was coming out and saying that, oh, this is great for, you know, a pitcher like me and then things like that. And he had that strikeout in spring training in what, 20 some odd seconds where he was calling his own pitches and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see something to definitely keep track of. And I was I was curious to see at, at what the kind of the age breakdown would have been. Like you mentioned, like it's 34 years old, according to that article. But I think definitely something we would have to keep an eye on as we kind of progress uh, through the season here. But I think that's a great, um, some great information there as far as some of the older statements. It makes sense, right? Like as you kind of get deeper into the game where you're going to that third, fourth, fifth inning, that older guys are kind of going to slow down and get the right pitch out. Um, and their pitch count obviously are getting up, but you get more fatigue and they're getting rushed by the pitch clock. So maybe something, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. And again, if they do have a successful, let's just say first, second or third inning that you may want to look at a live team total over or a live over or something like that for some of these older statements pitchers. But uh, yeah, I think that, that's a, that's a great, some great information there for some of the older pitchers. I, I did have a little thought the other day, Moonaf. we haven't seen this yet. It's a really cynical move would be um, the intentional walk, mm-hmm. um, which obviously the rules changed a couple of years ago where the pitcher would used to throw the pitch four times. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you just walk him. You could just get four pitch clock violations and walk him on four pitches and give yourself 80 seconds time yeah. instead. Do you know what I mean? If you're a little yeah. bit gassed and there's no one on, just think, all right, fuck it. I'm um, going to yeah. stand here for 20 seconds, four times, get four pitch violations. You know, you've got your breath back. So yeah, we wait for the first one of those. So um, uh, yeah, you found some uh, batting splits and run lines and things like that, didn't you, Muna? Yeah, something early to keep an eye on. Obviously, these numbers are going to change as as we kind of go on here. But obviously, the first one that I think that people that have really been talking about is the Tampa Bay Rays at home, right? Um, at home so far this season, they're a perfect 10-0. Um, they do have the White Sox this weekend. Uh, the next couple teams, and I'm kind of looking at the threshold of about 70 players plus percent. So uh, Milwaukee and uh, Tampa Bay were the two teams at home that have a win percentage of 70% or more. So uh, like I mentioned, Tampa Bay is 10 and 0, 
Milwaukee is five and one at home uh, at around 83%. Road teams that are really good, two teams that are above that 70% threshold right now. The Atlanta Braves, 10 and two on the road so far this season, 83.3%. And the Chicago Cubs, like we talked about earlier this season, or sorry, earlier this episode, uh, they're six and two in away games actually so far this season at 75%. Um, I think the one team that also kind of sticks out here, the Pittsburgh Pirates here, Mal. They're 9-4 and four on the road so far this season uh, with a win percentage of 69.2. Um, that was kind of the ones that stuck out to me, uh, some home and road splits as far as how teams are doing. Uh, run lines against, again, Tampa early on in the season because they were playing teams like the Oakland A's. Um, I think they had the Nationals in there as well. Uh, I think they played Detroit in there as well. They are 15 and four on the run line record. So if you're looking at those minus one and a half prices, you'd be at a win percentage of 79% with the Tampa Bay Rays. A couple of teams about over and unders. The best over team right now is the Boston Red Sox. They are 14 and six. And something Mal you mentioned yesterday is that the team that's given up the second most home runs is the Boston Red Sox, right? Right after the Oakland yep. A's. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and the, uh, if the second you team... You were listening then, Muna. I was. I listened to what you say sometimes, well, you know. I'm stunned at uh, that. Well, and then the second team on this list, as far as overs, um, when you're giving up the long bomb, it's also going to lead to runs, right? And that is the Oakland A's at 12-6-1 towards the over at 66.7%. The next two teams on that list are the two Texas teams, the Texas Rangers at 12-6 and six towards the over, and the Houston Astros as well at uh, twelve and six towards the over, um, and also was curious to see uh, in home games uh, teams towards the over. Uh, Chicago White Sox six two and one, and the Houston Astros nine three and one. And uh, let's flip this, flip this over to um, teams that are profitable towards the under. Miami Marlins, like you've talked about, uh, Mal, that are one of those teams that have um, one-run wins in this season. They are actually six, twelve, or sorry, twelve six and one towards the under. And the New York Yankees are their other team um, towards the under at twelve and seven so far this season uh, in all games. Um, and then in the home games, teams that are profitable to the under, Miami Marlins, right down there, ten two and one to the under in home games for the Marlins Yankees on that list as well, nine and four. And then last but not least um, to the under in road games, St. Louis is five and one towards the under and the San Diego Padres uh, five and three, but I think St. Louis is really the team that has five of their six road games so far gone towards the under. So there's, there's this information is easily out there. I know kind of rapidly went through that. Um, just go to teamrankings.com. They do a great job of breaking it all down for you. And again, something to incorporate into your handicapping as well. So um, those are the kind of some of the things that I found here, Mel. Yeah. Stuff like that, Moonaf, when we get a chance to talk about it, it's great because obviously we do the show and if you've got 15 games and it's a three-man goal, man, it's difficult. We've talked about it a lot that uh, we've talked about, should we? cut some of the games out? Should we talk about the big games? Should we leave some of the smaller teams? Um, but kind of the company ethos is that we keep firing out. You make picks on every game, but you, you, you limit you to what you can look at and talk about. We talk about the starting pitching. We might look at something that cropped up the night or two before, and then we all throw out the picks. So yeah, when you do get a chance to uh, to throw these trends out there, um, 
it's it's absolutely worth worth taking note of. So yeah, love that moon. Um, and I think, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's got us to the end of tonight's show. Like I say, a little bite-sized episode tonight, uh, four picks. Was there anything else on tomorrow's card um, that had drawn your eye, Moon, off before we crack on? Uh, I think the one total that stuck out to me, I think you'll probably agree with this as well, is the Pirates and the Reds game tomorrow. Uh, Rich Hill and Luis Sessa on the mound. Oh, uh, yeah. Both of those guys have not been off to a very good start, especially Luis Sessa. Um, I want to say his ERA is above... Uh, I think it's above six, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's double that, 13.50 uh, so far for him. Um, and all three of the games that he's pitched in have gone well above the uh, over. 17 runs in the game against the Cubs, 13 in the games against the Braves, and 17 runs in this last start against the Phillies. So Pirates' bats are hot right now. We saw that in um, in Colorado. They put up four runs yesterday. Uh, sorry, on Thursday night in um, the game against the Reds. So I think this might be one of those games where we do see runs. And again, Rich Hill as, as well can always blow up at any time as well. And they're playing, I believe this is in Cincinnati, one of the ballparks yeah. that is uh, hitter-friendly, right? So I think uh, at nine, uh, at even money right now, that was one play I did really like uh, for tomorrow. Yeah, I think uh, mine would be the, the total... Um, in that Detroit-Baltimore game because, like I say, we've we've just established we can fade Kyle Gibson on the old man metric. And you've got uh, Joey Wentz going for the Detroit Tigers. He's got an ERA of 639. Uh, so by by those numbers, uh, we can get an over. Maybe a Detroit team total as well if we're going to go all in on the Gibson fade. Um, we've got a dinger of the night. Um, Matt Carpenter is going to go deep, apparently. For the San Diego Padres, TV DBJ is throwing that in the direction of Serial, uh, who's joined us as well. But yeah, um, anything else we need to know, Munaf? How's the basketball going? It's going well. We have a couple more games here tonight. At least the first round should be wrapped up by next week. Some of these series that are kind of uneven matches may be done by this weekend. So uh, yeah, it's kind of chugging along. Round one should be done by next week, and then we'll be on to the uh final eight teams um and then we'll find out who goes to the conference finals and then the uh and then the uh nba finals so uh dad definitely looking forward to some more basketball and baseball this weekend mel excellent um you've still got time to listen to the premier league show um there's six premier league games tomorrow and then two on sunday as well as the two fa cup semi-finals we've got all of those covered um, so you've got time to listen to those before the kickoffs tomorrow. Newcastle Tottenham on Sunday. I will be at that one, uh, getting full of beer. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, Moonaf and someone will be back on Sunday evening. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, spending a bit of your Friday with us, it's very much appreciated. Like, rate, review, and all the usual places. Have a great weekend. Uh, loads of things to bet on. Hope it goes well for you. Um, until the next time, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>